0: Welcome to the Tally Room Podcast. I'm Ben Rowey. After a six-month break, I'm back with a short series of shows before the end of this year with one-on-one chats about various electoral issues with some of my regular guests from the last season of the podcast. I'm joined today by Kevin Bonham to discuss the state of Australian polling following the federal election. Hello,
1: Kevin. Hello, Ben.
0: All of the polls at the federal election were pretty clear. They all said Labor was on track to win by a small but relatively stable margin. I don't need to tell you that this didn't turn out to be true. Uh, Since that election, we haven't really learnt that much about why this polling failure took place, but there's a little bit of information out there. Some of the pollsters have been reasonably open about their theories about what might have caused this polling failure, but... Others have been silent and they've largely resumed their polling with sort of at least an appearance of business as usual. Kevin, how well do you think Australia's pollsters have responded to the election result?
1: Well, so far I'd say not well at all, but it's early days and there are things in the pipeline that suggest that there there could be a better response uh, down the track and that what we're seeing at the moment is going through the motions until that uh, response is uh, sorted out and bedded down properly. So it may be still early days, but uh, at the moment, there are good reasons uh, not to, to take the polls that are coming out very seriously.
0: So uh, what polls have we seen since the election?
1: So since the election, the polling that we've seen federally, we've only seen uh, news poll and uh, essential And in the case of uh, Essential, we haven't seen any voting intention results. So this is very limited, even compared to what we were getting uh, before the election at a time when the the number of polling companies was already dropping off. Um, We have seen other polling, uh, for instance, at at state level, we've seen YouGov poll of uh, um, Queensland and a number of local polls of various uh, kinds, mostly uh, commission polls by issue groups.
0: So, YouGov, which is a large international polling company, uh, they own Galaxy, which has been in the Australian market for a while, and Galaxy... Have been the ones that have operated News Poll, but it seems like Yugov's brand has sort of taken over a bit more in terms of their Australian operations. Is that right?
1: Yes, it's a rather um, sort of tangled story. That um, originally there was Galaxy as a pollster separate from from the the pollster that ran News Poll. Then uh, the News Poll contract went to Galaxy. So for a while, Galaxy was running News Poll. Then Galaxy was purchased by Yugov, and for a while you had polls that were called Yugov Galaxy. And lately they appear... To have all rebranded as YouGov, so, though we do occasionally see reference to YouGov Galaxy, but I think they've decided now to just call them YouGov uh, in line with a push towards more standardisation of how they do polls in Australia compared to internationally.
0: So, largely at the moment, we've only seen polls from News Poll, from YouGov, and Essential. Essential appears to have made a decision for now not to publish. Uh, voting intention polls, and there's actually a podcast where Essentials Peter Lewis discusses with The Guardian's Catherine Murphy about kind of the reasons why they've done that, and that there it does appear that they're in a kind of a waiting mode and examining their methods at the moment. But News Poll looks pretty similar to what it looked like before the election, is that right?
1: Yes, um, News Poll was producing um, um, a similar sort of output to uh, before the. Election. The only uh, increased information that I've noticed is that it now provides a breakdown. of its sample in terms of how many respondents are online and how many respondents are sampled by Robopol and apart from that it's basically carrying on much the same and a lot of the commentary in uh, The Australian uh, is as if nothing happened, as if uh, News poll still has the same um, excellent track record that it had before this disaster and it's the same sort of stuff that, that uh, you know, sort of a one point margin is a staggering lead and a, a, a one-point swing is the impact of some incredible issue and uh, all the same sort of uh, Dennis Shanahan and now Simon Benson commentary that we've uh, grown to know and love over the years.
0: Most of our audience probably understands, but it's worth emphasising that any one individual poll could be outside the margin of error, could have sampling reasons. Maybe this poll is accurate, but the last poll wasn't. So when you look at 1% swings or very small changes or even larger changes in a single poll... It's generally wise not to put a lot of emphasis on that one poll, whereas all media has an incentive to overemphasize the impact of the polls that they've spent money on. But the odds has a particular track record of doing that with news poll and particularly emphasizing the good news for the coalition in news polls.
1: This sort of format of this news poll that we're getting, um, it may well be that it will change in the near future because YouGov have put out an announcement talking about how they're going to uh, transition to internationally standard methods, uh, which will involve a change to uh, fully online samples, um, also with a kind of... uh, sort of a quota-like system for respondents to uh, make sure they don't have to do too much post-weighting of their samples. So it looks like they're planning on moving to something very different and uh, they may be just continuing with this this old news poll that they don't really believe in until they uh, develop uh, the new one. Uh, but we ha- I haven't seen a specific Confirmation from you, Gov, yet that that this method will be applied to news poll once they've got it sorted out. So we still have to wait and see.
0: What is the extra information you would like to see when, uh, like, a big national poll is published that is currently lacking?
1: Oh, I have a a huge list of it on my my website. I have a a, a poll, a post up about um, uh, what I would like to see uh, published. there are so many things that that uh, that could be usefully added, but uh, particularly we want to know what pollsters are waiting on what things are they using to waste their samples um, Yougov's Queensland poll has come forward and said that they're waiting on uh, ageing loss with gender. Um, education, I think failure to wait on education may have been a big part of the uh, polling failure this year and also previous voting intention which is a rather controversial one overseas because uh, um, some people when they're asked how how they voted at a previous election they uh, remember voting for the winners when they didn't or they remember voting for the party that's now more popular when they didn't, that sort of thing. So Mm -hmm. um, these Mm. are things that that we we need. We need a lot more information about about um, everything The the, the Queensland UGov one um, advised us that um, the responses were rotated to questions. This is this is data that we often haven't had whether whether the whether the responses are rotated or whether they just asked them in a set order. A lot of the transparency concerns that I have, are particularly with the, uh, the the commissioned issue polls, they they were a worse problem than the than the voting intention ones. But um, there's a lot more that the voting intention ones can tell us as well.
0: Even when all the information is shared, they have the problem of you don't know what polls were not published, of course. You could uh, run polls in five electorates and publish two of them because those two fit what story you want to tell. And that in itself is a problem. But there's also problems right with uh, only a small snippet of a poll being shared. It's a particular question, maybe not even all the results of that question. Uh, being shared with particular journalists, and it gets a write-up in a newspaper, but you you can't actually reconstruct the poll from the information that's given. I mean, uh, people can then publish the full polls themselves in addition to giving the story to a journalist, but um, that is a problem that that sort of information isn't out there.
1: Yes, it's a general concern of mine uh, with issues polling that was a fact, even before this election um, nearly always with, with these commissioned issues polls not enough detail is published about the poll you, at the very least you need the verbatim wording of all questions and the order in which the questions were asked including any uh, preambles and so on because uh, advocacy groups the commission polls love to use um, preambles at the start of a question which they think of uh, informing the voter about the issue but which are often actually skewing the response and so, you need to be able to see all aspects of the design I think that generally uh, issues polling is extremely difficult and even when pollsters are trying to do the right thing and commissioning sources are trying to do the right thing they're still uh, usually getting it wrong and In most cases, they're not even trying to do the right thing. So we have a lot of polls, commission polls, being reported by the media that are basically complete pseudoscience and that shouldn't be being reported in the way that they are.
0: We haven't heard a lot from YouGov about why they think this has happened. We have heard some theories from other pollsters. Peter Lewis from Essential talked about uh, the role of undecided voters and how often they get kind of ignored in the counting. Uh, that, That seems interesting um i know that lonigan uh came out and said that uh they were aware of polls that hadn't been published because the numbers didn't look right and that that is a suggestion of the problem of herding which uh takes place when a number of polling companies are receiving results that don't match what their competitors are showing and so they're not published. But you may effectively be hiding a trend or a shift in the votes by hiding those um, what may well turn out to be accurate polls. So we have had about six months since we talked about this stuff last. Uh, what are your latest theories about what caused the problem and like, what do we, uh, is, what, when are we waiting for some more information that's going to tell us more?
1: So there's a large um, review being done by the uh, Australian Marketing Social Research Organisation. They have a number of excellent people involved um, who are uh, working on trying to come up with an explanation. Uh, I haven't heard anything really about where that's progressing and um, when they might be uh, likely to report or what they might be likely to to find uh, and so on. Um, My own thinking about it hasn't really changed uh, since just after the election, I think that the the most likely suspects in my view are failure to weight samples properly in particular failure to wait for education and uh, also possibly that there were respondents who just can't be captured by any means. Who may have broken strongly to the coalition, sort of voters who are who are who are sort of not necessarily totally disinterested in politics, but very disengaged from it to the point where they are not going to be uh, interested in doing a poll if they if they are approached, and they might be difficult to approach for various reasons. There's no there's no way to approach everyone anymore. Those are just the ones that I think are the contenders that don't have strong points against them. Some of the other contenders that People came up with like you know sort of shy Tory effect kind of thing where people supposedly lie to pollsters because they don't want to admit that they vote for the Liberals. That those those kinds of things I think don't fit with the evidence, particularly from other elections like the Victorian state election. So I'm looking at ones that don't seem to have problems with them. Uh, The herding thing is certainly a point of interest that so many pollsters got the same results as each other and as themselves over and over. And I mean, this is not necessarily pollsters copying each other. This could also be a, a, a combination of coincidence and pollsters not making their polls sufficiently dynamic you know we we've still seen this again with news poll after the election that its results don't change very much from poll to poll we've had a bunch of 51 49s in a row could
0: that be that they're contacting the same people again and again
1: one would hope not um, <laughs> some some pollsters have had this this issue. It
0: seems like a bad idea, but I, I I didn't want to rule it out.
1: Most pollsters who do this sort of panel thing have have procedures in place to make sure that they don't too often resample the um the same respondents. The the suspicion with this one is that they may have some kind of anti rogue poll mechanism, some kind of scaling to um, reduce the volatility because they don't like to be embarrassed by rogue polls. But they, if if so. They've never disclosed this. They've also never denied it. Well,
0: if they wanted to avoid embarrassment, I've got I've got some embarrassment for them, you know. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure they would have happily taken a rogue poll or two over the last couple of years, instead of uh, what ended up happening.
1: Yes, that's exactly exactly it. They would have been, you know, sort of if you had if you had pollsters bouncing around, and someone got you know someone got uh, got got the result right and someone got the result wrong by six points or something like that, that looks look so bad for the industry overall, but it would look bad for the pollster who got the result wrong by six points. That's the sort of the thing that drives herding. If
0: everyone gets it wrong, then you're less out on your own than if you're the only one getting it, getting it wrong on your own.
1: So Lonergan did this... Uh claim to have, have done a poll which showed a result similar to the actual result and then suppressed this poll because they didn't believe it. This is similar to some disclosures that there've been from uh, british pollsters after po- after polling failures in in Britain in recent elections. The difficulty about this is that Longgan wasn't one of the pollsters that was previously implicated in the polling failure; they didn't actually release any uh, any public polling that was uh, that was wrong, and they did this. You know, they supposedly had this poll that was wrong, but there isn't any uh, evidence of it at the time. Uh, it's a it's a sort of a post hoc disclosure. So the whole thing is rather uh, mysterious. And I think that, you know, before people go saying, hey, you know, sort of Lonergan had it right. They were the Miracle publisher but they just didn't publish it. I, I think we probably need some kind of um, external verification of, that this result was provided to a client or something of this kind.
0: There are plans to have someone on the show uh, in a coming week, probably in December, who is involved in that uh, inquiry into the into the polls. So maybe we'll learn more then, uh, get a sense of when we might expect to get some kind of answer, but um, I'm sure everyone will be very interested when that comes out.
1: Uh, it's also notable that the uh, the Labor Party has just dropped its um, election review today, so there, there's quite a bit of uh, information about their uh, internal polling and what they think went wrong with their uh, internal polling uh, in that. So I haven't had time to digest it all yet, but that will be uh, interesting reading, especially given that the uh, the level of information and opinion that we've had from the established pollsters about what went wrong is uh, so... Uh, minimal and a lot of what we have had from the established pollsters seems to me to be more like damage control than than all that plausible contribution. It seems like they're they're sort of being keen to say it wasn't our fault.
0: That'll be a thing to look out for in a future episode. Uh when we have our next episode in two weeks, uh maybe we'll uh touch on the uh results of the Labour Party's review as well. Um or you can comment on the blog with uh your thoughts about uh what what that means for the state of polling so I will be doing a number of extra episodes uh, over the course of the next two months before Christmas with various people talking about various election issues that are coming up. It is a it is a very quiet period in elections in Australia. I'm curious, Kevin, like what are the things that are currently gripping you apart from this particular polling transparency issue that you're writing about or thinking about um, when, you, when you're like working on your blog?
1: Oh, I'm not sort of really following any particular um, issue apart from the development of... Polling transparency at the moment—it's sort of like a lot of um, little bits and pieces that come up from time to time, like the currently the the um, the, the Chisholm and Kuyong challenges, um, various things that are claimed about the election result and its causes. Uh, the the Labor Review will probably be one to have a look at it as well but it's a bit of a um a quiet time in elections with uh, nothing coming up until queensland uh late uh, next year it's it's kind of like there's so so much going on in elections for the 12 months or so leading up to the federal election and now everything's just suddenly stopped so very quiet time in um in australian sophology really
0: yeah well i mean my focus at the moment is mostly on preparing for council elections so there are Council elections in Queensland in March and New South Wales in September and not that I'm really thinking about Victoria but they also have council elections later in the year um, and I'm currently working on a guide to the Brisbane City Council election so there'll be a full guide coming up before the end of the year and I'm going to be doing an episode about Brisbane City so if you are the kind of person who's interested in that uh, please keep your eyes peeled and um, and then there's some other stuff around, uh, yeah, New South Wales council elections. And then as we get into next year, there's the Northern Territory and the ACT. But it's a, it's a very quiet period until we get to Queensland at the end of next year. Um, but I think there'll be some interesting topics we can talk about anyway. So, um, so please uh, stay tuned as we come back for a few more episodes this year, and then we'll be back early in the next year. And then we'll be back early next year to talk about Queensland Council elections and uh, whatever other issues are coming up. Maybe we'll have a by-election. Who knows? Um, So that's about it for this episode of The Tally Room Podcast. Thank you, Kevin, for joining me. You're welcome. So you can find this podcast on your podcast app of choice. If you like the show, please consider rating or reviewing us on iTunes. You can follow The Tally Room on Twitter at The Tally Room or like us on Facebook. Information about this podcast is available at www.tallyroom.com.au and you can email questions or feedback to thetallyroom at gmail.com. Thanks to Krista Bro for writing the music you hear in this episode. Once again, thanks for listening.